Hey guys, it's Bill with Known Legacy. Check us out uh, at uh, Instagram at Known Legacy. Do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast, and then uh, give us a review. We'd love to hear from you, and then share it with your friends, because we know that our goal is to help men come alive, and that's what we want to do. So do yourself a favor, subscribe it. It's going to change you as well as your friends. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Morning, bud. Morning, Bill. How you doing? You know what? I'm doing well for the, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Morning, Bill. <laughs> Take two. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No, uh, I mean, family, everything's crazy. My oldest is graduating, so that's a brand new adventure for us as a family <laughs> trying to navigate. You know, let's be honest. There's emotions that you, you journey through as a dad. Here's the cruel reality of being a dad. You invest 18 years into creating kids that you actually like and want to hang out with, right? And uh, and you do that, and then they move out, and they move away. Jerks! You've just you've just made them who they are supposed to be. And <laughs> like you love hanging out with them. Like you're know, like we don't have to we don't have to go to a sports game. We just want to hang out, right? Yeah, just yeah, have yeah. conversation. Just take it, yeah. And then they leave. Thanks a lot, jerks. What's this all about? Fools. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> I know. I, I so. Think, anyways, we're surviving. We're surviving. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Because I do. I think about that. Like my son's gonna go into eleventh grade next year, and we're like. <gasps> You know, you just get that weird feeling, and then you know, we, our daughter yesterday were like, "You are a teenager now. You're a complete pain in the butt, <laughs> and you are officially a teenager, and I love you to death." But it's just so funny. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's so interesting. So but we need some levity. We need some jokes to to get us through the day. Wait a minute. So you're saying we need some jokes from dads? I need good jokes. Let's this see what awesome. you got. Well, I just happen, <laughs> of course, you do to have a book, dad jokes. Terribly good dad jokes. I know that we keep doing this. I know the dads are... Uh, Keyword, they're terrible. Ter- they are terrible. But these are really good. I've got four really good jokes for you today. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. That are so bad. Okay. Let's see what you got. Let's see. I wish that we had that like rim shot guitar. Not the guitar. Rim shot the drum thing. Like... But we'll start here. Why did the dad take a while to decide on a haircut? Uh, he was bald. That's a, that's a good... That's a good thought. No, but not the joke. Okay. No, uh, because he had to mullet over. That's stupid. <laughs> By the way, the mullets are coming back, and my fourteen-year-old uh, son, um, his hair is out of control. And every every day, I'm like, "Dude, it's time for a haircut." He goes, "Nope, time for a haircut." Nope, time for a haircut. So finally, I'm like, "What do you want?" He goes, "I want a mullet." <laughs> and I'm like. I feel like I failed as a father that my son wants a mullet. But they're all the rage down It's here. funny. You should buy him an Ario Speedwagon shirt and be like, here you go. Oh, he'd love it. He'd be <laughs> like, that's in my dream. It was funny. We were listening to the radio today, and I think it was like the weekend or something on the radio. And I'm like, Lily, this sounds like, my daughter was like, this sounds like 80s music. I said, just so you know, this cycles around every like 20 years. Mm-hmm. I go, so so it's just funny now, you know, because the mom jeans, I guess, are back in. Yep. And uh, was it skin tights are getting out? I don't oh, yeah. even know anymore. I'm not a style guy. Well, what's funny so. is like when we were growing up, the, the, the music of the 50s is what our music of the 80s and 90s is to our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Which is really, ugh. You just put a shiver down my spine. <laughs> Literally, There was Elvis, some good stuff back then. There was, but it's just like to think about that. Like when we, when we talked about the 50s, they're talking about the 80s. Yeah. Oh, golly. All right, we're done for the day. You guys have a good day. I'm going to go cry in a corner. <laughs> But before I cry in a corner. Oh, another joke. Yes. Why should you never buy anything with Velcro? Velcro? 
can't even say it right. Why should you never buy anything with Velcro? I don't know, Bill. Why? Because it's a total ripoff. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> You know what? It's, it's, a, it's, it's the, the Velcro of life. When you're a little kid, you get shoes with Velcro, and when you're really old and you can't <laughs> bend sho- over, you get shoes with Velcro. The Benjamin Button shoes. <laughs> yes. Just, just hang on to them, bro. You're gonna need those again. <laughs> yeah, they won't fit. Just cut the toes off. They'll, they'll cram them in They'll there. be okay. We'll be it. all right. Oh my gosh, Velcro. All right, that's two now. Let's remember go the, two more. Remember pumps? The Reebok oh, pumps. Heck yeah. Yeah. I never airs that actually had air in them. Yeah, I I always got the cheap ones. Yeah, because I I couldn't afford Nike pumps <laughs> or no Reebok pumps. How are they even comfortable? Like I just I don't know. Anyways, all right. I know, I know. It's anyways. BK Knights were also big. BK, wow, British Knights. <laughs> Remember yes. those? Those things were the. What they we were need to bring those back. BK, remember that? They were awesome. All right, uh, number okay. The next one. Why did the dad not trust stairs? Uh, why? <laughs> Okay, no, immediately I, I thought to you, these out. The, immediately I went to Joe Biden tripping upstairs, and I'm like, because he's Joe Biden. But I, then I Ooh. realized we don't want to go there. So. You don't want to go there right now, <laughs> do you? This is joke time. <laughs> why? Why did uh, Joe Biden and other dads not trust the stairs? <laughs> Actually, why did the dad not trust stairs? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because they're always up to something. I go back to someone made money off of this thing. Someone made money on this book. I am in the wrong profession. All right, keep going. Keep I know, going. Let's, I know. Like this is like sitting in the dentist's office, and he's just drilling away, waiting for that root canal to hit. With Kenny G in the background. Yes. That's a Kenny horrible G. saxophone. That was a horrible saxophone. <laughs> Anyways, okay. speaking of mullets. <laughs> speaking of mullets, exactly. Kenny G. Okay, one more. How did the dad feel? When he found out about the rotation of the Earth, wait, wait. There were too many pauses in there, as if there were big words that you couldn't navigate. So let's read that again. <laughs> well, you didn't. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> How did the dad feel when he found out about the rotation of the Earth? How did the dad feel? It really made his day. Get it? Like the Earth rotates Stupid. around. Yeah, I get it. Day. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> You know, just it's a rotation. So, and so I like like listening to these. I realize I have compassion for wives more now than ever because I <laughs> We're like so stupid. We are we are just a horrible, like filthy, stinky, smelly. Can't do any like yeah. We can do better, dads. We can do better. We can, we can do better. <laughs> we we need to do better. Maybe this is something we. You know what I thought was so cool this last week? There was this uh, event. This has nothing to do with anything, so this is free. But I think it's so cool that <laughs> the heart of dads, as opposed to all the subscriptions, all the we subscriptions get, yeah, that yeah. we're getting. This one's free. There was a fight called the Josh fight. Did you hear about the Josh fight? Uh, yeah, that was in my uh, Nebraska. Thank you very was much. It really? I went to college. Yeah, I just thought it was so cool because I feel like I don't know if there's like a Sandra fight. Like if all the Sandras came around and fought, but a bunch of guys are willing to drive thousands of miles to hit each other with pool noodles. It was great. It was, it was such a good thing. Guys at their best. Just exactly. So ladies, we apologize for men universally <laughs> for our stupidity. I don't know why you chose us. I can't remember our anniversary date, but by God, I'm not going to miss the Joshua the fight. fight. And every year someone's going, oh yeah, that was April, whatever. And like, right, right. Yeah, I don't even know the day, but I know that we will never forget the Josh fight. Our and culture. You know, Jenny. I bet you can say the number for Jenny, can't you? 
Anyways, so with that, who's saying it? That's a better question. Oh, wasn't it? Um, oh. you could throw out any name right now, and I'd have no I idea. Can't so remember, I can't remember. That's I, probably best. I do. I do. Fun fact, though, my cousin's name is Jenny. Yeah, and uh, and they were. She worked at a radio station, and those guys came in, and uh, they were like, "We need someone," because they were getting old. So they literally needed someone to hold the paper for the the words. That's how old these guys are. Speaking of eighties music, and so my cousin Jenny. Hunt, held the paper for them So fun fact for you Was that one free Or is that one a, a paid <laughs> That one's gonna cost you So <laughs> That's great information Yeah you know Guys going You know listen We just wanna have fun We know that uh, You know God it Has has big things for us But honestly uh, Like remembering Jenny's phone number like remembering Jenny's phone number It's so important So if you haven't shut off yet We are talking about <laughs> Dads of the Bible Yes yes And uh, you know As we were going through Looking there was this uh, the one that kind of stopped me was in First Samuel. Okay, was, so we're uh, skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah, we are jumping. A few ahead. generations here. We we finished off with the fathers of, you know, Israelite and and everything else, and now we're kind of skipping ahead because um, weird things happen in between and Moses yeah. and the Exodus and everything else, and now they're kind of in the Promised Land and and uh, yep. they've gone through the season of judges and they've had these leaders be raised up, male and female leaders that would speak into the heart of the people, and now it's kind of like. They're through the adolescent stage, and now as a nation, they're becoming teenagers. Yes, and so I think the the um, you know where we've kind of landed was so there's this part where you know so they've got um, work you know priests who work or you know at 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 the actual temple and they they pe- people come and serve all the time. And there's a story about a guy named Elkanah, and uh, and it's interesting because he had two wives, and one of them. Uh, when when I see this, you, he's got these these okay, two. Okay, so lines. before you go further, I'm going to ask this question. Go for it, because I know it's been asked to me, and I want to know what your take is on it. Um, did God was God okay with multiple wives? Like, you know, because there's so many people in the Old Testament that had multiple wives, and I understand that part of that, like the concubine, was partly treaties with different nations, and so to make sure that the, the, there was meaning there, they would give their daughter or whatever, I get that, but like, here's a guy, two wives, like, first off, how is that a good idea? Like, yeah, yeah. But like, So I think my, so what, I, what I'm seeing is, I'm, I'm not seeing like God was like high-fiving these guys at wedding number two, does that make sense? <laughs> And, uh, and so, so, so when, when, when I mean that, I've never read a story where it's like, and they had two wives and they lived all happily ever after. Never happened. So, so, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it was something that he really approved. And, and, and when I mean, I don't think I've never seen it work out in the, where having more than one wives in the scripture was a smart idea. Abraham, we talked about Abraham and, uh, and, and we, and you, you kind of go through, even Solomon begins to share like all these women, but he really was only in love with one. You really, right. This love is something you can only give to one person. I mean, he set that off in the very beginning. I really believe that if God wanted us to have more than one wife, he would have had Adam and Eve and, and, and Angie. Yeah, and exactly, Jenny. or Jenny. And so you're like, he didn't. He had Adam and Eve. And so he set this foundation to say, one woman, one man, forever. And so in this, you know, this guy, Okana, had two wives. And the name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. 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 I was going to say Peninnah, but I don't think it's Peninnah. And, uh, and, ha- and Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. So this idea of, yeah, like, so, so 
as he's going through, he's got these two women. One of them had children. One of them didn't. Now, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. We're going to talk about them later. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penaniah, his wife, to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. So mm. I don't know if this was an arranged thing, if this was a, you know, hey, this, I mean, who knows the backstory of this? But whatever it was, you're already getting a feeling like this wasn't what was intended to be the, the perfect right. attempt. He did not love Pen, Penina. He loved. Let's just call her Pen for short. Pen, yeah, he, did, he didn't love Pen. He actually loved uh, Hannah. And so, because he gave her a double portion, uh, and but it said, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So Hannah was the rival. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Penn was the rival of you know of, of Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. So it made her jealous. It's funny though because Penn had all 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 the kids, and so the thing she had against her was obviously it was very clear that um, that she was loved by Elkanah. and so you see this and you're like, man, something, some kind of tension that was constantly here. Wait, you're saying two women that were fighting over one guy? There was tension between the two women. Exactly. Shocker. 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 So every year they would they would go up, and uh, and she was tormented by this by this pen and kind of uh, by 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 pen. But it's interesting because she would go up, and as she would she did this, so it said so it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. In Elkanah. Her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? So, so he's kind of like, man, it's like he has this whole idea of wanting to like validate this idea of like, you don't, you don't, you don't need kids. I'm enough. And so if you go through this story, she's just tormented. And so as you walk through, she kept praying to the Lord. And in fact, she went in and the and the leader of the of of like the of of this temple in Shiloh, Eli said to her, like basically thought that she was drunk as she was praying because she was kind of like sitting there, you know, not talking to anybody but like speaking out loud, you know, kind of just like he thought she was drunk, and he basically goes up there and kind of like yells at her, and Hannah and Hannah said, "No, my lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord." Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Eli answered her, Go in peace you have made, uh, th- that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Love this. One of the things that I, I find interesting as you're kind of wrapping up that story is, um, you know, troubles and tri- uh, tribulations will come into our lives. And I think we can learn a lot from Hannah and how she approached that. Because a lot of times you'll have people that will enter into a difficult season and they'll blame God or they'll remove yeah, themselves yeah, from yeah. God or they'll be like, this is your fault, God. And I, I don't get that from Hannah. What I get from Hannah is her continuing to plead to her heavenly father of like, God, you're the only one that can fix the, the turmoil and the troubles in my heart and in my lives. And so I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to pray more. Um, I'm just going to fervently seek you, even even to the point where the priest thinks I'm drunk because yeah, I'm seeking yeah. you in such a way. And the contrast that we have so often in our lives, when things are easy, we say, oh, the Lord's blessing me. And when things are difficult, we go, oh, where's God? He's abandoning me. And that's not what you get from Hannah. She's like, the Lord is the Lord. Yeah. You know, morning. As far as the east is from the west, that's my sins. 
God's yeah. going to be with me in the, in the midst of this struggle and, and turmoil. Yeah, and so so I know that this is necessar- not, isn't necessarily a dad thing, but I really do believe in the midst of us talking about dads, there's this moment of dads, we are grateful for those wives who stand beside us because they sometimes are the leaders of spiritually of these houses that, that these dads have to step up and do. I mean, I don't know Elkanah's life. I don't know where he came from, but something in him was not leading his family to the point of where they needed to because, you know, he'd bring them to the temple. He would do the things, but man, he had these two wives and he truly was not honoring the Lord and the idea of like, he loved this one so much. He didn't love the other as much apparently um, because it was clear to say he loved her, but, but he supported her. So I love that. I love the support of that. And it said, you know, Elkanah knew her and they, they ended up having a son and they called him Samuel. And the reason I talk about this is because the value of Samuel in this example of Eli, because Samuel and Eli, their lives will, will, will crash through because after, at this point, you know, she like conceives this son, this son Samuel, but then she gives him back right. to God, which is the hard thing. That's that sacrifice of like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you, God. I just, I wanted a son. And at the same time, it, it's got to grieve her spirit because even at the, you know, the next time that they were going to go up, uh, Elkanah's like, Hey, are you coming? She's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wean this baby. And then when the baby's ready, I'm going to give this baby to, to the Lord back to the temple. And, and so Elkanah in his trust was like, okay. Let's do that. He loved the heart of his wife. He was willing. So it's not just like, okay, love your kids and give them away. But it's like she trusted God. And I love this because God blessed her obedience. That's what I want to talk about this. There's an example that Samuel saw from his mom that, 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 that he realized the value of this. And so in 2 Samuel, uh, in, I'm sorry, in 1 Samuel 2, verse 18, I love this. It says, you know, so, so she ends up giving back, giving the kid basically over to, to the temple to be a temple servant. I think five, six, seven, something like that. And I don't know the, the exact numbers, but it said Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with, in, with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it with him each year when she went up to her husband to offer you sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah, his wife, and say, may the Lord give you children by this woman. So the petition she asked of the Lord, so they... So then they would return to their home. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. So she was willing to say, God, whatever you want from me. This example was set by, by his mom, who was like, I want to be, be like my mom. So Samuel saw this faith of his mom to go, she gave me back, and she loved me, and then God blessed and gave her gave her more more children at that point. So it's really, really neat. I wanted to just bring it up really quick as we're starting through this with the story of Eli by this example of Samuel seeing his godly mom pursue the heart of Jesus and right. say, I'm yours. You know, basically I'm yours. And so then comes in the story of Eli and his sons. And you know the story? I know you no, do. No, go for it. Okay, so so the story of, of Eli is, is interesting. Eli was was the servant of the Lord at the temple. But somewhere along the lines, he didn't raise his kids correctly. Mm. And I'm seeing this passive dad come in. And I wanted to tell you this story about Samuel because it plays into where this is now. Because this is almost the, the exact opposite. In 1 Samuel 2, you kind of get a feel of, of Eli's kids. And it says, now the sons of Eli were worthless men. That's what the scriptures say, worthless men. They didn't know the Lord. And so there was this custom. Well, were they, they were serving in the temple. Their dad served in the temple, and yet they didn't know the Lord. Exactly. Interesting. So we saw this point where Eli knew the Lord, but he didn't raise his kids to know the Lord, apparently. So, so, so how, how is that bridge, that chasm 
covered by dads that, hey, I might be taking my kids to church. I may be investing in them. I, hey, I might even work in the church. I might be a pastor. Exactly. And yet if my kids don't know the Lord, something is going horribly wrong in this. Yeah, they're like there was there was more time spent doing the Lord's work than kind of showing showing this to our kids and passing it on to them. Mm. And I think sometimes we do have guys who spend t- a lot of time in the church doing everything that they can, but not really passing it on to their children. And then when their kids walk away, they get bitter. Well, no, I did this for God and God didn't do this back for me. Or there's a frustration, but there's a bigger point in this that Eli did not share this with his kids to the point of where there's this thing in the, in, you know, in the scripture talked about when, when a, when, when people came up to give their offering to the Lord, they would boil this meat. And when they would boil the meat, they would, they, they would take like a three pronged fork, the priest would, and they would dip it into the, into the, the pot of meat and whatever they caught with the fork they could keep. And that was their kind of portion to eat or whatever. Right. right. So but what was happening was his kids were basically going to the people that were preparing the meat and going hang on, before you cook that, I need to take a portion. So they were trying to get more and they'll take the portion with the fat because that tastes good. So right. I'm going to cook this down. Um, and so, so there's something in there where they, they were doing this plus, plus, um, they were, you know, if you, if you start reading through this, these guys were, so temple servants would, would come in and it was kind of the, the obligation of people to go and serve in the temple. Well, these priests, the, 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 uh, Eli's sons were sleeping with the women who were coming up. They're so, dirt bags. Exactly. I mean, so literally they were worthless men. And so there's something that was missing in this. And when I think about this word, even as, as Eli was talking to his sons, um, you know, Eli was very old and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to Israel, how they would lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So ridiculous. And he said to them, why do you do such evil things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it's no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father. Of course not, because they haven't had to listen to him for genera- for years. Exactly. Like, like, like it's like trying to tell your 30-year-old son all the mistakes he's making, and you're like, dude, that, that ship has sailed. Like, your time to speak into his character and his moral, you know, like, anchors are like when he's in you know, growing up. Correct. Like once that ship has sailed, it's kind of sailed. I know. You yeah. Know? yeah. We, we've talked about these 3000 hours a year kind of thing where we get this opportunity to speak into our kids' lives at, at those opportune moments. Right. And I, and I feel for a dad who, who, you know, for whatever reason invests in his company, his career, and he think that he's doing everything for his family. And yet he's not giving the, his kids what they really need. Right. And that's direction. That's involvement. That's intentionality. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're grown. They're out of the house. And, and can you imagine a dad going, man, I, my, my son's a jerk. Exactly. Like, that's got to break your heart on some levels. It does, and I think I think so. So for those guys with the younger kids, and we've talked about this before, but there's there's still another principle in here of investing in the time when you have it. I don't think it's ever too late to redeem this, but there's something about investing in those moments when you have them right now. If you're pursuing a career and you've got a teenage son, you you got to choose the good thing. I talked to a guy yesterday who was like, "Man, I love it." He's he, he wasn't in love with his job, but he recognized that man. This job allows me to have moments with my kids right now. And I love that. There's there's something about that reset in our own lives. So taking an account of where we are, are we spending the time valuable, you know, wisely now? Are we spending that time uh, with our kids when we have it? Right. So that we don't get to the point where it's like, hey, you guys should probably do this. Because there was a passivity in yep. Eli that was like, you know, if you sin against God... 
that's what I'm reading. Like, if you sin against God, it's it's really bad. If you sin against man, there's a way for it. But if you sin against God, you really shouldn't. You know, it's like, no, you you need to lay down the hammer right. to some degree of this is wrong, right. you know, and stepping up. And so there's a passivity of checking our hearts for, are we being passive with this? Like checking our hearts with that. And so, and it doesn't matter if he's in the church. That's the part. Of, he's, he was in the church. It's kind of like for me, like so. I, I love smoking, uh, smoking meat. I love barbecuing and everything else, and the the whole process of that, right? And uh, what my my son is there as I'm doing it, but what I'm realizing is, uh, just because he's there while I'm doing it, does not mean he's actually learning how to do it, yeah, and how to do it well, yeah. And so you have to intentionally involve them in that process, and not just say, well, you know, it's happening near him, so of course he's going to pick up on it. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Um, just because your kids are around a house that, that someone is cleaning all the time doesn't mean that they're going to learn how to and appreciate the cleaning of a house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. It's like, Dad, just because there's a proximity doesn't mean there's actual learning. Yeah. It, it, it's that idea of, of don't just let them hold the flashlight. Let, let them turn the wrench. Oh, I like that. You know, so so there's something in that of going, OK, it's more than just they're right there next to me, but bringing them into where you are. Let them see the, the struggle of of fixing the tire or tightening the pipe or whatever it is, but getting involved to share that with them because we do have a generation that does not know right. how to do this. And so dad, the value right now is, is not, that is the, the start of a lack of passivity is going, Hey, not, don't just hold the wrench with me, but, but get involved. I mean, sorry, don't just hold the flashlight, but get involved in what I'm doing. Right. Let them ask questions. Don't just try to get through. This is something I struggle with big time is sometimes I just want to get it done. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that is my big, so then, then I'll, I'll get that knock on my heart and God's like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> like, you got to stop. Like, Bill, this is the important thing. The pipe is burst and you need to fix right. this. Yes, I know you need to fix this, but you also need to show your kids how to do this. And opportunities abound. Like, uh, COVID kind of got our family into gardening. And so we like to garden right now, growing vegetables and, and things like that. And what I'm realizing is it, it holds true in gardening. Like, just because I planted the plant doesn't mean it's going to produce the fruit that I need it or yeah, want it to. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to do, particularly early on, is tend to that like daily. You've got to invest yeah. in that daily, right? I got to pull weeds every single day. I got to till the soil every single day. Every day I've got to water it until it gets really deep, strong roots. Yeah. And then I can back off of it as it starts to produce fruit and go, okay, now, now it's good. That's a lesson that I need to be passing on to my kids, not because I'm the one out there doing it and they watch me do it, but because they're the ones involved in that process. And then help make that connection to what actually is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that connection of like, you think this is just about gardening. It's not. It, there's tons of life reality that's happening Correct. here. So right? much more. Right. And those conversations that happen in the midst of slowing it down. So maybe that's it. God, where am I running at a thousand miles an hour that I'm missing the opportunity with my kids? Right. That I've got to get this done. And maybe that's it with Eli. You know, Eli was like, you know, it's just easier to do this. Again, we're picking him apart and I'm picking on him. We all have our things. But it's just the example of something happened way long before for them to go, this is a joke. Whether it's dad just made me be there. Dad made me, you know, I, I think we even put it in last week. It's like, you know, I, you know, I have thick skin because I held, you know, it's like, you know, you, no, you, you can't hurt my feelings. I held the flashlight from, from my dad. Right. But this idea truly is beyond that. It's like. We have an opportunity in all of those moments to train our kids, speak life. And so it's slowing down and going, okay, hang on. This might be a crisis at the moment, but what can I do to help my kids? Like, how can I teach them? How can I go back to it even afterwards and go, hey, I know I had to do this quick, but now I have time. Not just plop on the couch, but like, okay, how can I do this? I know we might go, man, this is exhausting. Yep. But these are the moments that we have. And eventually it's going to be gone. We don't have these moments again. You can't get them back. 
and that's the when you fast forward with these guys, God ended up killing them. On the same day, both of them died, and Eli heard that, and and so so I do see there's a little bit of redemption in Eli that we're going to talk about in the next one about Samuel as a leader. That at the end of this journey, uh, the Lord calls Samuel. So these guys are basically um, they're put know, into positions of power, you know, with without. I, I earning it for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, you know. Um, oh, you're the you're the son of the pastor. Of course, you should have p- positions of leadership and influence. No, 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 no. Correct. No, 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 no. Not at all. And so again, positional leadership that that definitely failed miserably. But I, Eli even saw this, and he almost kind of moved on and said, "I can't redeem these guys. They're they are too old." But that doesn't devalue us. And I'm not saying it's not too late. Like he continued to. I believe he continued to, 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 to take chances to connect with his kids, but also that didn't stop him from helping to lead others. A lot of times we go, my kids have walked away from the Lord. I'm Well, no, there's still opportunity for you to help others. So maybe it's time for you to step up and help out coaching on the Little League team. Yeah, like, like God, what are you calling me to do? What right. am I supposed to do? You know, maybe things failed with my own kids, but it's not hopeless for everybody else. Right. And it's not hopeless to bring another dad along and go, don't do what I did. And move on. So to not just beat ourselves up and sit in a corner, because the enemy would love that if you said, I'm therefore worthless. Right. You're not worthless. Just There's still opportunity with your own kids because they're still breathing. Right. So still, so don't give up. But also, there's opportunity to impact another dad who may need to hear from you. So parenting is more than just proximity. Yes. Parenting is yeah. investment. Exactly. Because right. even here, even as I'm reading, as I'm thinking about, if you go to Samuel 3, um, and, I, and I, won't, I, won't, I won't read it, but there's the story of... Eli's getting old. He can't see much. He's trying to get some sleep. Samuel hears from the voice of the Lord, and he's like, he walks over to to Eli and goes, hey, did you wait? Did you call me? He goes, I didn't call you. And he goes back, and he said, and he did it again. And then Eli realized, I think God's calling this kid. And he said, okay, next time say, hey, Lord, I'm here, basically. Where are you? And Eli was able to take what he maybe didn't do with his kids and pass it on to Samuel. So you see this point where Samuel's like, I didn't know that was the voice of God. And Eli's like, time out. Because Eli still heard from God, and he still, God still didn't just say, okay, you're therefore written off. Right. He was like, I'm going to give you a chance to hand this off to Samuel. And Samuel hears the voice of the Lord, and God calls him. Right. So again, it's never too late. It's never out of time. Keep on trying with our kids, but we cannot be passive. And even passivity can look like this strength as we go, I'm forging a good name at work, or I'm doing this thing. It's like, no, make sure you take time with your kids. Make sure that we spend time. Even now, I'm getting convicted in my heart of like, the things that I've done this last weekend that I'm like, oh, I can do it on my own. And when I could have just called my son and I said, hey, come do this with me. Yep. To examine our hearts and go, where can we bring our kids along on the daily journey of what we do? Right. And then I think ultimately if you get to the point where your son is capable of doing it on his own, you can still join him and do it alongside him. Yes. Let him lead. Yeah. But do it alongside him. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Well, guys, we just, yeah, we just want to see you connect with your kids because... At the end of our lives, our careers are not going to validate us, but those kids who are holding our hands at the end of our lives is and what's going to matter. And our grandkids. So Amen. we believe in you guys. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about Samuel and, and his impact as a spiritual father. There you go. Guys, check us out on Instagram, at Known Legacy, uh, Facebook ministry, uh, Facebook, uh, inst- Known <laughs> yeah, Legacy. Facebook is not a ministry. Yeah, Anyways, Facebook is not a ministry. Check Facebook. us out, follow us, and uh, subscribe if you can. God bless you Have guys. a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.